Happy New Year, Ben. I, I can actually say Happy New Year now rather than like faking it because uh, our most recent podcast came out in 2022. But um, we, we recorded quite, last year. We're quite a solid way through into January now. Um, I can tell you that because this one is doing dry January and it has fucked with my life. Have you done it? I'm 16 days in, yeah. How's it going? Well, I've got over the period where I couldn't eat, sleep, or work. That lasted about ten days. Now I'm just now I'm just genuinely feeling a bit down. Um, so is it because you're at uni and you, loads of your mates are going out and things? Actually, it's not because um, I'm in a massive assignment period um, and all of my works are, mates are working really hard because our degrees are actually at the point where we have to start doing that. Ah, yeah. Um, but good for you, Ben. I I'm not doing it, but I never set out with the intention of doing it. I I did it last year, which right. was notably easier. Even though I did call last January the worst month of my life, <laughs> but um, I find that I didn't go into this year thinking I was going to. If you asked me on uh, New Year's Eve, I would have said fuck that. But then I woke up on New Year's Day and I went, oh, I don't want to drink for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Big one on New Year's Eve. Yeah. You know when you go so much that you're like, I can't put alcohol to my lips. Mate, 1st of February is going to be a big night out for you. I've got a mate's birthday on the 30th, which is the oh, Sunday. Oh. I just end it on the 30th. I I'd think like, I am oh. probably going to make end it on the 30th. <laughs> this probably isn't the best mentality. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just do it on the 30th. I mean, that's that's four weeks then. Yeah, that's, that's four weeks. Like, life's too short as it is. Yeah. So, you might as well. I think good. I think 30th is, is fair. I think a lot of people stop on the 30th anyway, don't they? Or, like, in the 20s. Yeah, people go, ah, I've done all right. <laughs> I've done three weeks. I've I've helped the liver. Well, you're going to have the best fucking birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be amazing. It's not mine. I'm, I'm, also, I'm going to be like one drink and I'm going to be pissed because I'll be out of practice. <laughs> I mean, that's great for the bank account. <laughs> Don't oh. have to keep buying drinks. Yeah, a month of buying drinks has been amazing. Yeah, I once paid £18 for a double walk of Coke. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before. I, think, I also think that's your fault. Why? Because never drink somewhere that expensive. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know it was that expensive till after I'd ordered it and they bought over the car machine. Well, and I'd had to also, never get spirits, I find. Yeah, I think... But it was London, right? So I thought, well, I don't want to like spend £7 on a pint. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't want to say you couldn't double for Coca-Cola either. Welcome to the RTE Film Podcast, everyone. I love how we're like two, three minutes in and uh, all we've done is speak about booze. But if you are doing dry January, big up to yourself. Keep going or keep going to the 30th at least. Coming up on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about Afterlife. Uh, the SAG Award nominations um, have been out. Am I saying that right? No, I'm not. I can see your face. Uh, it's SAG. For Screen Actors like, Guild Award. Th that sounds better than the SAG Awards. Oh, I'm so honoured to receive this SAG. Yeah. It means a lot. 
No, it's it's it's, it's, it's not a good name. Thanks to my fans, I've won a sag. No, it's because often they, these names are all abbreviations. Like BAFTA's obviously British Academy of Film and Television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emmy is. Well, but that sounds cool, not sag. Yeah, you've got you. We've got the PGA, the DGA, and the WGA coming up. Oh, that's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? Uh. Well, PGA, which is the producers, DGA, which is the directors, WGA, which is the writers. We've had the Golden Globes, and thank fuck nobody gave a shit about them. And I yeah, you don't like the Golden Globes, do you? Well, the Golden Globes are racist. Uh, that's a discussion for another time. Although Ben did send me a very fascinating article. Yeah, I I think we also discussed the Golden Globes when they got cancelled at length because they were cancelled. So. I'm always quite proud when people keep cancelling people who deserve to be cancelled. Yeah. Um, also coming up on the uh, podcast, so we're going to be talking about Archive 81. Uh, we've got Trailer Talk, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and we've got the news coming up for you as well. And uh, my mate has told me I have to go watch this scream. Ben, you've been sick, uh, and we're going to be reviewing that later on in the podcast as well. Ben, you can't see yourself. Ben, Zoom's been updated, right? And he logged on today and was like, I feel very uncomfortable seeing myself. I've always been able to see myself, but Ben, you've now done it so you can't see yourself. But I was always under the impression that you could. Yeah, I clicked the uh, hide self button so I don't have to look at myself. (laughs) You're one of them people that just hates looking at yourself, right? Like, your Instagram, you barely post. I, I don't have photos. Like... The three photos of my Instagram and the only other two on my photo on my phone make up my Tinder account. Right. I think I have five photos. Why? I'm forever taking photos. Because I like to live in a moment. Yeah, and I like to remember the moment. Yeah, but I know I just I don't feel comfortable taking photos or being in them. Ah, see, I hate, like, selfies I can't do. Like, I'll send, like, a selfie to my mate, like, Snapchat mm. my face, right? But I never, like, post a selfie. Yeah, I just... Mirror selfies are the worst. I can't. I, I feel like I want to... It's not... <laughs> I don't like photos. I, I feel don't... very awkward. I don't particularly want to be remembered once I'm gone, so... Oh, ben. Ben. Well, I don't. Well, I don't want people looking back at photos of me. Without the context, right. yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, Maybe you can save all your photos with like a little like bit of writing. <laughs> yeah, but the writing's gonna get lost, and it'll just be like me as a my nana's enough of me, so I don't need oh, any. Yeah. What have you? What have you been watching, Jacob? Uh, this is just the most weird start to the podcast ever. <laughs> But this is why I find this podcast so fun. We're six minutes in, about to seven minutes, and we haven't even started the podcast properly. What have I been watching, Ben? Uh, I've been watching a few things. I watched this rom-com, what, happened in, uh, in, what Happens in Vegas. That was very predictable. I've been watching the new season of Dragon's Den, the new Bartlett, uh, the new Bartlett, the new dragon, Stephen Bartlett. Incredible. I think he adds uh, a whole new flavour and a whole new dynamic to the show. Ben's convinced that only old people watch Dragon's Den, but I... Love it. And I feel like, you know, based on Twitter, a lot of young people, because he's a massive entrepreneur among young people, and especially he was the guy that did that Molly May interview recently. Oh, can um, we talk about that? Because that was hilarious. I mean, yeah, but I don't really feel like this is podcast related. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is related to the podcast, but like, obviously, I don't like it when people pile on other people on the internet, but yeah. she did kind of deserve it. 
I don't think she did. Actually, I kind of... I feel well, like... I listen to this podcast, you see, and it's what she said and the, the, the thing that's the gone viral about 24 hours a day. It's been... You should listen to the whole podcast and realise everything out she said. Everything out she said was, like, so inspirational. And then the one thing which could be misconstrued has massively been blown up and... You know, I just... Yeah, I can can imagine that it's that one clip out of context of the rest of the episode. Sounds slightly awkward. Um, The thing that just kind... Because from that clip, it kind of, to me, it really smacked of entitlement from her. She is a very clever businesswoman. I'm not going to deny that. She's very clever. Who was the person, one of the islanders said it best when they were asked about it, where they were like, I'm not going to pile on her, but let's be honest, all of us only have our platform because we're good looking. She's like, because we're conventionally seen as good looking, that's the only reason we have the platform. So we have to be quite lucky about it. I mean, I think this has come a really good time for Dragon's Den because Stephen Bartlett, who's the man behind it, this is the new season literally started like last week and now it's massively bigged up the whole show. Yeah, and I also think that the BBC are trying to target Dragon's Den for a younger audience with bringing Stephen Bartlett in, in, but also... also... He also doesn't wear a suit. He doesn't wear a suit, which is just great. It's like he's moving on from the world of business. He's massive on social media. All his investments are about how can I do this on social media? Um, You know, is it like going to last in the long term? And he's just very knowledgeable. And he puts Peter Jones in his place. Yeah, also it's leading in the show to The Apprentice now, which is massive. Yeah, so it's Dragon's Den followed by The Apprentice, the best combination in my opinion. That is my first day night sorted. There's no adverts either, so I can't even go for a week, right? So I need to make sure I'm set for these two hours and The Apprentice is on after Dragon's Den. Ben, I've been watching it. I'm bloody loving it. I'm not sure about bougie cruises. (laughs) <laughs> all the boys turd turd products two weeks in a row. I <laughs> felt I honestly have felt the boys have been robbed two weeks in a row. I think they <laughs> second week, yes. Yeah. I feel like you're watching it going, how like I feel like both weeks it's a little bit of the can both teams lose? Yeah. Like we I genuinely don't think there's been a series as bad and when i say bad i don't mean the show the show's great as in in the best possible way like it is the best it's been potentially but like the the outcomes the end products have put oh my god oh yeah the candidates have because i've been a fan of i think i've been a fan of the apprentice for about 13 14 seasons now and um Mm. I can honestly say the candidates are slowly falling more and more into complete comedy territory. And I mean, it's... Last, like, the last season we had The Apprentice was 2019, right? And yeah, yeah, it's been a while. And actually, the break has helped it, I think. Yeah, because everyone's excited about it. Obviously, no Claude anymore, though. Yeah, I, I miss him. I like Tim, though. Tim's. Yeah. It was the scene He's of Tim on the. Uh, champion of the apprentice yep and the scene of him on the cruise ship was Mm. quite funny but also like the apprentice it's never been a business show how many of them have been like done tv shit after look at katie hopkins yeah look at look at even someone like um 
I don't want to say our name wrong, so I'm going to quickly... But the first runner-up, Sarah Khan, is it? Uh, I'm just going to... Yeah, the first runner-up, Sarah Khan, she hosts, like, Radio 4 regularly now. She does front row on Radio 4. She does Loose Women a lot. I think she was on Dancing on Ice, yeah. So she was in the first season. She came runner-up to Tim Campbell. So, like, it's... They've they've got more famous. They've had more famous celebrities than they have business people. Successful business people. But to be fair, if they were successful business people, would we know? Uh, no. Don't know. But there's that is a point. Uh, The show's great. I'm loving it. I love Ryan Mark. He's my favorite ever. I think he was hilarious in 2019. No. did you see last year? Because, oh, no, it would have been 2020, so two years ago now, 18 months ago, when they yeah. did a six-episode highlight of the whole thing. Yes! Oh, my God! <laughs> you suddenly realise how many gems of pure idiocracy have been. It's like when they did that Big Brother highlight show. That was amazing as well. Yeah, but the Apprentice one was the best because it was just literally gag after gag after gag. It was great. It was great. Love that show. If you haven't watched it um, and you're in the UK, you need to get on it. It's on BBC iPlayer. Can you watch it abroad? Is it on like the international BBC channels? I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm not sure if you can. I know uh, Sugar does a version in Australia. Um, yeah, with celebra- I don't know if that did so well, though, did it? I don't know if it did any well. Um, obviously, America, we all know who's the American apprentice man. Um, mm-hmm. Is he still doing it? No, he got he stopped doing it for fair, Yeah, <laughs> he, he he kind of had a promotion, which is <laughs> which was also a terrible terrible thing. Arnold Schwarzenegger oh. briefly stepped in to do it for a season before everyone realised yeah. what the fuck is going on. And um, well, you think Stephen Bartlett's going to host The Apprentice one day, don't you? Well, I think Alan Sugar. Is it on 20 now or 19? I'm not sure. It's near. I think he will... He's going to want to retire soon. He's nearly 80. He looks bloody great, by the way. Oh, yeah, he looks great. But he is nearly 80, so I can't see him. Well, look, let's be realistic. He's There's either he's going to want to retire or he's not got another 16 seasons left in him. Like... We're going to have to That's be realistic. Yeah, we're going to have to be realistic here. He's mm-hmm. nearly 80. He's not going to be doing it in but his mid-90s. Does. What? The show does have another 16 series in it, though. That's the thing. So. Yeah, I mean, they might go for someone like Sarah Davis of Dragon's Den. Yeah, we love her. Or well, Peter I... Jones would be good at it. Yeah, but I reckon they might go for a woman. Purely give it a different vibe. Deborah Meaden. Mm-hmm. It that is a it probably would be actually. <laughs> She'd be amazing at it. Do you want to know what um, I've been watching? Yeah, what have you been watching? We probably I probably haven't watched it, so I'm turning to... into quite an old man over here. Um yeah, you dragons dens for old people. Oh yeah, I'm not I I wasn't saying I'm not in the old person category. I've been watching right. Monty Don's Adriatic Gardens. On BBC Two, it is a gardening program. 
Monty Don, the host of Gardner's World, which I have to admit, I've never really... We'll be watching Alan Titchmouth next. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, he's, he's going around Europe and the world to all these places where you wouldn't imagine there to be gardens and finding the gardens, so the first episode's in Venice. I... It's just for me, I grew up in the countryside, yeah? So I grew up around lots of green spaces and gardens and fields, and I now live in a city, which, right. and I am feeling the lack of the concrete everywhere. Thanks. So it kind of, I, I've started to enjoy watching gardening programmes because I don't have the clean air and the space, and it's a nice bit of escapism. And Monty Don is so calming. He's so sweet. So as a substitute for alcohol, Ben has switched to gardening programs. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lovely little... You can kind of drop in and drop out. But I am turning into an old man. <laughs> you believe we are 16 minutes in? That's the third time checking the podcast I've done. I've never done that before, but we haven't even started. That's how long it's been. We've got that much to catch up on. Yeah, well... These podcasts are getting longer and longer and longer. So, do you like a regular apprentice little thing at some point in the podcast or somewhere? We just share our thoughts. Yeah, we're gonna next week. I feel like next week is gonna be good on the apprentice, and I can't even remember what they're doing. Week it's, three is uh, always the best week of the show. So, do you think? Yeah, because I like the I like the task. <laughs> oh my god, we're back to the edges. Just, just before we we get to the reads, I love the task where it's like they've got to find stuff and like it's two teams, and it's like you know they did it in Oxford and Cambridge last. Yeah, time. and I love it when they do that task abroad, but that's probably not going to happen this year because yeah, of COVID. I like the interview. Also, also next week on The Apprentice, the boys and the girls, the teams are getting switched up. Yep, I week three. I always think the week I enjoy the most because. The teams get mixed for the first time. You start to know who people are. Yes. But they're still shit and can't work together and haven't found their rhythm. So week three is normally utter carnage, but you know who's being terrible. I just love the show. Okay, Ben, what have you seen in the cinemas this week? There's a massive horror film out at the minute. My mate says it was great. Um, Scream. I, what did you think? I would agree with your friend, whoever they are. That um, I think it's a really good requel, as they use the term requel in the film. I was thinking, well, it's kind of like a reboot, kind of like a sequel. It treads the line quite closely in a similar way to Ghostbusters Afterlife did, or the Star Wars latest trilogy did. And this film properly stands up for Ryan Johnson's Star Wars The Last Jedi. better than the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Yeah, it's better than the prequels um, and the sequel trilogy. Um, it's phenomenal. Oh, shit. I meant sequels. I love the prequels. Yeah, it, it does. This, this film does really stand up for The Last Jedi in a fascinating way that I don't want to spoil. But right. there's... I, I would love to do a spoiler special podcast with you on this film, Jacob. Right. Um, because there is so much to get into. And I do think lots of people will watch it. I feel like I need to go watch it, man. Yeah, and I also feel like you will have a really interesting take on it. Um, Okay. Considering it... But I'm not going to get into it because... I'm going to try and do this with you in more broad thematic terms. Um, 
It's set 25 years after the first murders that struck the town of Woodsboro, um, and you have a new t killer that's donned the ghost-faced mask, and he begins targeting a new group of teenagers, which leads Sidney Prescott um, and Gail Mary Rather to come back and fight the new ghost faces. Now, this film is so smart and so scary and so funny and so meta. It's a perfect scream film and it's bold and brave and it's not worried about pissing off the fans. It wants to do the best possible film and it's quite in, it's literally in your face with the audience where it's like, we don't care what you think of this. We want to make the best film. And because they are not catering to the fans in any level, and they are having lots of conversations about toxic fandom, because the Scream franchise has always been a meta franchise, it makes the film work better. Um, it sounds great. But I think, yeah, I think it's a really good satire of the way Hollywood reboots. Is it scary? Because it's a horror film, right? Yeah, it's scary and it plays with the audience's expectations a lot. Um, so, and I know this is what the screen film is famous for, but even in the way it subverts the famous opening scene that the franchise is famous for, or you have characters get into a shower, which is famously quite a bad thing to do if you're in a horror film. So it's really plays with the audience's expectations. It's a brilliant screen film, and it's a brilliant film in general. And I don't want to give anything away, because particularly with horror films, the less you know, the better. Um, right. The trailers also... I watched the first trailer and thought, this is full of spoilers, and actually that does not give away that much. Uh, is it a horror film that you can follow? Because I hate horror films that are just madness and don't really have much of a story. Yeah, so... Which is why I like The Conjuring. The story's good. I think the who's who of the which characters are the murderers, which in, and it kind of dissects that really well, and you have the clear groups, and it even goes like, well, you're the boyfriend of... It's always the boyfriend. It's in this reality they've had eight screen films based off the murders that have happened so it, right. there's lots of layers we've had the new spider-man film we've had the new matrix film which were both quite meta and now we've got the new screen film which is probably the most meta of the three and it really really works I that said there are there are moments that will be divisive i yeah. think it's a bit too long so I think it's three and a half. It's like a high foot, high three, low four star film. Should we do three point seven five? Yes, that's a great. Um, are we like the only people that do point seven five? <laughs> I think it's definitely like low four, high three territory. Right. Um, okay, but not quite a four. Low four, I think, would be a like it's four point one. <laughs> It's not solid. It's <laughs> rating films in itself is absurd, and I think some people. I will be fascinated to see what people think of this film, having watched it now, because I can see some people are gonna absolutely not take to it. Uh, right. But I think it's brilliant, and I would love to 
be able in a couple of weeks to have a more open conversation about it and what it does. So you want me to watch it so we can have that, basically? Yes. Okay, that, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's uh, I love how you're, you're like, yes, in such a stern way. Oh, that's not meant to be stern. <laughs> it's like, I, I would... I wish. I would also, I would also love you to watch it because I think, I would also love you to watch it because I think you would enjoy watching it. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that, and my mate has suggested it to me as well. I also think that certain elements, and I really don't want to get into spoiler territory. It's aimed at Star Wars fans. (laughs) Bits and bobs. Exciting. But like. It's not like aimed at Star Wars fans. Like they're gonna, they're, they're having a very. Like Darth Vader's gonna make an appearance. Not like that. No, it's more like having a conversation about the way the reboot, the right Last Jedi, that whole signature. And well, I need to have watched the previous film to this to understand it. Honestly, I suddenly I don't I don't. This is the first screen film I've watched. Right. I I knew the. I knew all the bits there from pop culture. Obviously, I know the mask. I know the way it opened, the original. I know who Sidney Prescott is. Yeah? Yeah. I followed the story. But I think more important to knowing the franchise is if you know how horror films work and you know how films work, you will get everything this film is trying to say. Right. I'm going to go give it a watch. And Ben, thank you so much for your review on that. Okay, so some exciting news. Am I right for you, Kendrick Lamar's becoming an actor? No, he's producing a new film. Film? I, yeah, I think it's a film with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who did Family Guy and the musical. The Is it like how Jay Z produced the reboot of Annie? Yes, it's like how Jay-Z and he also has produced things like The Harder They Fall. Um, Kendrick Lamar has kind of produced it. And I also think he may have been having a hand in the idea. It's his idea, which... Look. wonder if he'll do a sick soundtrack, because wasn't he responsible, if I remember correctly, for the Black Panther soundtrack? Yeah, ooh. Oh, that could be quite fun if he does a good sound. And Black Panther slapped, yeah. didn't it? One of the best films of the last decade. And the music in that film is decade, great. Decade, 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 yeah. 10 years, right? Yeah. The thing that I'm slightly worried about, though, is Parker and Stone. Obviously, Book of Mormon is amazing and South Park is funny. But their comedy might be slightly uncomfortable with the concept, which is it's about a young black man who's interning as a slave reenactor at a living history museum, and then he finds out his girlfriend's ancestors owned his. I'm not entirely sure where the humour's coming from in this premise. Right. Like, it may... There could be some sick songs to that, though. So, Kendrick, come on, man. Get yeah. spin some bars. It may... Maybe I'm just looking at all three of them and assuming it's a comedy when it's not going to be. But right. this could really... Really be odd. It's going to be an interesting watch. Yeah. If you, I just. I, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Well, it'll what be else weird. So we've got the Justified, which was a series that ran on uh, FX and Sky for six years. Uh, 
in the early noughties starring Timothy Oliphant. That is coming back as a limited series because nothing is sacred anymore and everything's going to be rebooted until the world is full of no original ideas. I was thinking about this the other day, like, will Star Wars still be going on when I'm dying? And will I, like, die and never finish, like, the end of the Star Wars universe? Oh, almost definitely. I know, it literally makes me so sad. Well, let's... Is that... <laughs> I know that's so dark and so deep, but that's what I was thinking about. It's... Star Wars is still going to be going when I'm dead and I'm not going to know what happened. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, almost definitely Doctor Who will be going long after we're dead as well. But, like... Yeah, yeah, true. I'm I'm kind of agnostic about sequels and franchises. I don't really care that for them. I, I judge each individual film on its own individual merits. Mm. And I'm... Like, if these franchises keep going... They can keep going, but particularly with TV, stuff should be sacred. If it's finished on its own terms, don't bring it back. It's done. The story's this, finished. <laughs> Finish it. I You'd love rather the... finish on a high than drag out, right? Yes, 100%. It's why I don't like watching TV shows after the third season. I'll normally just stop at season three no matter what. Is that why you do with Money Heist? You're like, they finished the heist now. I don't. Yeah, I only watched the first heist in Money Heist. I was like, well, well you liked it, didn't you? Can I just say yeah. it did get a bit ropey in the latest season series, but the ending for that phenomenal. Yes, yeah, because most TV series is don't have enough story to go on for years and years and years. I think Squid Game does. Um, I think Squid Game would be better staying as a one and done. If I'm honest, it won't because it made so much money. Oh, it's not, though. What I hope they do is they say we'll do two and three and end it on three. Right. Yeah? So it's like, I don't like when series keep on lurching from when there's no plan. You know? Oh, like the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Yeah, make a plan, stick to your plan. (laughs) Um, What else has been the news this week, then, Ben? So, Pedro Almodovar, uh, the director of Parallel Mothers, All About My Mother, and many other we've Spanish about films. Podcast before, I think. Yeah, we've talked about him a lot because he's such a great director. Kate Blanchett uh, is joining his first English language feature debut. Um, she has recently starred in Nightmare Alley, which is coming out next week, uh, and Don't Look Up. She's also a multiple Oscar winner. Um... And I'm very excited to see her do an Almodovar film. He's done the English short film The Human Voice that starred Tilda Swinton last year. And it's exciting, you know. It's seeing a great director work outside his comfort zones will be fascinating. And work with different actors who would be perfect for her. His style is going to be great. I mean, there's so many, so many things in there. The news this week, like, sometimes I think, oh, that's a bit rapey, like, a bit boring. It doesn't sound too exciting. All of those, particularly the, you know, the um, the the reboot and the Kendrick Lamar produced show, they, they sound great to me. And this English language thing is going to be fascinating, actually. I'm 
I'm looking forward to that. Ben, you've also seen the tragedy of Macbeth. Yes, um, as I work in a theatre, I'm going to call it the tragedy of the Scottish film for the purposes of this review, just because, you know. Um, it's available on Apple TV+, Plus uh, and stars Denzel Washington as Mr. Macbeth and Francis McDormand as Mrs. Macbeth. Um, is it? It's, it's a joke, right? No, this is not a joke. This is an actual adaption of the Scottish play. Um, and is it based, like, because there's been Macbeth films before, is it good? It's phenomenal. You've got Joel Cohen, who's one half of the Cohen See, brothers. Ben, you were saying about how you, like, want new content and new ideas, but yet you've just called this phenomenal. This has been around since whenever bloody Shakespeare was around in Victorian times. Yeah, uh, if Shakespeare even wrote it himself. Um, look, It's still been around since when he was around. Yeah, it's... But I do think it's one of the greatest stories of all time. Um, there's a reason people keep on tackling it. It's because it's so we timeless. We were going to play Macbeth, weren't we? That was yeah, we were wanting to play. But it keeps on getting tackled because there's so much to it. And it's always relevant and interesting. And seeing great actors like Washington and McDormand tackle these iconic performers, characters will always be a really phenomenal idea. Um Oh, so it's a story. It's like a story of treachery and murder and boundary crossing. Set? Is it set when the story was initially set or is it a modern take? So this is... It's styled along the German uh, films of the 1920s, um, right. which is quite a distinctive style. But the language is the same. It, oh, wow. What? Same as the original one? Yep. Yeah. Nothing changes. It's not updated one bit. It's shortened. I would love an original, like a, an original, a modern day version of Macbeth because I don't get all this Shakespeare shit. I think the way they've crafted the film, they've tightened the play up, and it is Shakespeare's shortest tragedy. They've tightened it up, they've sped it up, which makes it more accessible. And in my personal opinion, I do think you can understand Shakespeare. I think it's more... <laughs> I think you can. I don't think I can. No, but I think it's more accessible than people believe. And particularly... Ben, we did it. We did another Shakespeare play together where we both have big parts in. Do you think I got that? Well, I think it's harder off the page than it is and when I you're watching. It, but when you're watching great actors perform it, it's really exciting. I thought I was a great actor in that. Yeah, but you're not Denzel Washington. Not yet. Even though you were playing a role that Denzel Washington's previously played. Because uh, he's tackled it. Shakespeare. He was in the Much Do About Nothing Kenneth Branagh film. But when you see people who really understand Shakespeare, adapt Shakespeare on play or on film... I think Is this it's the Denzel Washington I'm thinking of that was in, um, in what's the game one called? Like J Jumanji. That's the uh, Rock. Oh. <laughs> or Kevin Hart. Ah. <laughs> Neither of no, them. I'm, I, I, I'm gonna Google who Denzel Washington is because I, I've definitely seen you in something before. Yeah, he's oh, one of the greatest actors of all time, and I don't think yeah, that is a hot-take statement. Yeah. Do but... you play Lando Carrossian? No. That's... No. Uh, 
No, that's... Not Charles Gambino, the other one. Uh, that is... Okay, Google it. Can't. <laughs> I can't... So many Star Wars references today. That's Billy D. Williams. No, right. Denzel Washington, like, Training Day, Malcolm X. Right. You know? I've seen Malcolm X. Yeah, he's Malcolm X in that film. Wow. Uh, he is one of the greatest actors of all time. So, shall we move on to trailer talk? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to go see that tragedy of Macbeth because I'm going to go watch that because I'll be, obviously, having studied Shakespeare at uh, A-level, uh, A-level level, um, I would love to see like it's still being done in modern time. All right, there has been some massive trailers dropping this week. Inventing Anna, the trailer for that has dropped, Ben. What were your thoughts? So, Inventing Anna is my most anticipated film of next year. So, TV show of yeah. 2022. We did, I think I that's a statement I said on last week's podcast. It's yeah. based off the story of Anna Delvine slash Anna Sorkin, a German woman who moved to New York and defrauded people of millions pretending to be a fake heiress. She's played by Julia Garner of Ozark fame and it's being adapted by Shonda Rhimes who's wrote Bridgerton and Scandal and How to I Get Away with Murder. Look, she can tell a story and this looks like it. This is a great story. I listened to the Fake Harris podcast along for and the trailer looks camp enough while keeping the story serious enough that I think right. it's going to be... And that's a hard balance to get, right? Yeah, it's... I'm excited for this because it's a story that Ryan Murphy should be telling but they're not right. letting Ryan Murphy tell it. And... Right. Well, Shonda Rhimes has the rights to it. Ah. Hmm. Do you think they want to get Ryan Murphy on board? No, and... I love Ron Murphy, uh, and I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal creator. But he can make things go off the rails, and I think it's quite. But <laughs> if something's a so away, if there's a project it? that he would be attracted to, but he's not doing, that is something I always get slightly excited for. Is this uh, other thing we talked about in trailers? Another trailer that's dropped this week, Jackass Forever, is. Um... This a follow up to Jackass and Jackass Two. Yeah, it's the next Jackass film that's coming I out. I thought the second one was called Jackass Two. I'm not sure. I've never seen a Jackass film. My mate is obsessed. We watched them when we're drunk. I can't say I remember much. But... I just, yeah, this new trailer, it's really heavily leaning on the nostalgia. I caught in the trailer on the cinema today, and the film's coming out in cinemas next month. It's right. It's interesting that these men are still going because they're all like fifty. <laughs> like it's interesting physically that their bodies are not. Com- well, I think they touch up. They should touch upon it in the film that Johnny Knox's body should be completely screwed by this point. Um, hey, fair play to the lads. Oh, they're so physical. Um, also, fair play for keeping the franchise going for so long. Another thing. Oh my god, Ben, is this the Fresh Prince reboot? Yeah. <gasps> no way. I need to watch this trailer right off this podcast. This is what I'm doing. Ben, I did not know this was out. You should have told me. Bella. 
Yes. Now, please tell me it's not some... I love the Harry Potter reunion. I love the Friends reunion. But please don't tell me it's not like that. It's like an actual one-off reboot. Like Gavin and Stacey. Well, they've done the French... Fresh, they've done the Fresh Prince reboot. That was the one that started them all. But um, this is a Will Smith producing it. They've ordered two seasons on Peacock. So they'll be on Now TV in the UK of a dramatic retelling of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, so it's not quite what we love. No, it's and the show. I don't think they dropped a single joke in the trailer, which is but gonna it's comedy. Yeah, but there's quite a lot of dramatic material to be um, mined from the theme song of the original show alone. I mean, this could go one of two ways. This could be absolute <laughs> shit. Oh, this could be terrible. Um, <laughs> the fact that they specifically said it's a dramatic, like, retelling. Yeah, I kind of... Well, they're not some words I would have picked. The way I'm hoping this goes down is it really heavily leads into the posh, rich, upper-class school high school drama like make it slightly trashy but not sitcommy i think that's the this has got a lot of um a lot to live up i'm to. worried it's gonna take itself way too seriously right and the trailer did nothing to not make me worry i mean i'd like to think that will smith is intelligent enough to not fuck it up yeah i have a lot of faith in Will Smith, but what do you think's Will Smith's best piece of work? By the way, I think I Robot. I think King Richard, his latest film, is phenomenal. I love Will Smith. Mm. I'm hot and cold on him, but I'm loving his current press tour, where he's trying to win an Oscar, where he said some phenomenal things, such as um, like where he just said he just he's had lots of vivid dreams about killing his father. Um, and he has a plan for how to kill his dad, and he also said having sex with women makes him want to throw up, which I think is the most effective way anyone's ever come out by saying they want to gag. This whole rumour that he is bi, isn't there? Well, he did, he did legitimately say in a press interview a few weeks ago that he wants to throw up before having sex with women, so... Yeah, but, but he's not with his wife anymore, though, or is he? I can't keep up with all that drama. <laughs> I love how he oh, is. Ben, I think he's now get, he's got to the point in his career where wherever he's interviewed by the press, he doesn't give a shit. And I love it when actors get to that point. I love watching Ridley Scott on Brian Cox. We've had some great press conferences this year of actors who I literally don't I need to go watch care. some of these press conferences. They just had great fun. Yeah. Ben, what else has uh, dropped this week and you've been watching? So, Archive 81 is Netflix's latest horror show. Um, You have archivist Dan Turner, played by Mamadou Afi, uh, becomes obsessed with the subject of old videotapes, which he's been hired to restore, and documentary filmmaker Melody Pendras, played by Dina Shibbe, and her investigation into a cult in the supernatural horror series that's loosely based off the podcast of the same name. Um... You're going to have to suspend your disbelief to watch this show, like lots of horror TV shows, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And if you give it time, it will rope even non-horror fans into it, because I think there is a poignancy behind the drama and what it's trying to say. Um, And I also think the effects are really cool. 
and the payoff at the end of all the episodes is phenomenal. That said, there are moments when it does feel a bit like an amateur thing and it doesn't feel as self-aware as I think horror should be. Right. But it's good. It's solid. Two horror films this week, then. This is a show. But yeah, it's been quite a horror-heavy week. And then even, like, Afterlife and the tragedy of Macbeth, they're not light. Right. They're both, they both have quite a lot of darkness in them. Exciting. I think horror's coming back this year. I can already tell. Oh, well, January's a good month for horror normally. It's January and October, which is where we get a lot of horror. Uh-huh. Horror, horror is doing bits of them in I think it's fair to say, though. Yeah, and here's hoping we get some good, more good horror films. And inventive ben. horror films. Ben. Congratulations. You've won a SAG. Oh, I've... The SAG Awards. Now, these... It's just so shit. And <laughs> I tell you what... You created that. Oh, no, I've won a SAG. Particularly on the film awards. The film awards, I saw the announcement. I was watching it on Instagram Live. And I was just going, my God, these films are shocking. Firstly, they've nominated Jared Leto from House of Gucci, where he's basically playing a whale or a dolphin. He's playing a dolphin. Did you like House of Gucci? I can't remember. I did like House of Gucci, but it should not be nominated for any single fucking award, particularly for Jared Leto, who is doing whatever the fuck Jared Leto's doing. You've also got Javier Bardem. Stop that. What? Thank fuck you stopped. Yeah. So I felt, I felt like that was... You can only talk about House of Gucci in the same stupid accents the whole time. This is why we need to visualise the pod. I feel like you just get laughed at. I think it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. We also had Javier Bardem got into Best Actor, which is another bad person getting in there. Over, like, Peter Dinklage for Soriano. Kate Blanchett has finally turned up to a award show. She got nominated for Nightmare Alley, um, which everyone said she's great in that film. I've not seen the film, so I can't comment. But the snubs, that's what's disappointing. So The Power of the Dog and West Side Story both barely showed up. They both missed Ensemble. Cumberbatch got in um, for his brilliant performance. Oh, you love his penis. Yep. And Ariana DeVos. She snuck in best support. You knew what I was going to say that, didn't you? Yeah, she snuck. I thought about saying it before you say it. <laughs> I also feel like that's we're never going to be able to talk about him and not... Not start talking about his dick. Ariana DeBose uh, got in for West Side Story as Anita. I still think she's favourite twin the Oscar. Was the film that Benedict Cumberbatch... Sorry, I keep interrupting. Was the film Benedict Cumberbatch got in for the film where you saw his car? Yes, yeah. It's, of course it fucking was. It's that's the film he's been in recently, and then he's also. I saw I saw him in a. I saw. Yeah, I went and watched him in the Electrical Life of Louis Wayne the other day in cinemas, which is a great film. He's great in the film. Doesn't get his cock out though, so that's that a It was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this I sound like such a perv. This conversation. I think the reason we don't visualize the podcast and the reason Ben doesn't like James Cameron. He's just got a shrine to Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> at the back of his head. No, but in all, in all seriousness, 
This whole you conversation about Mr. Cumberbatch's male appendages, it started as a serious conversation about how <laughs> we don't show male nudity in films compared to female nudity. And it was quite refreshing to see some male nudity in there. But um, Just how excited Ben got led to me making a million dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm always excited to see equal representation on screen. That being that it's not just women who are sexualized. But I can't believe West Side Story missed Ensemble because the Ensemble in that film is so good. And it got missed to fucking House of Gucci. Let's like, do the impression one more time. It missed to House of Gucci where the actors are not are acting terribly compared to West Side Story, which is the best film of last year. Also, right. Kirsten Stewart missed Best right. Actress, which means where's she now placing in the Oscar race? I was convinced she was going to win for Princess Diana. I think I bet a couple of my toes on it. Um, so I was slightly worried about my feet. You can give them to Benedict Cumberbatch. And it'll be <laughs> Shall I mail them in the post? <laughs> Hi, Benedict Cumberbatch. I like your penis. I put a bet on for a different film. So here's two toes. I lost the bet. Yes, can I see your penis in your next one? <laughs> All the best, Ben. <laughs> Uh, on the TV side, it went pretty much as you expect. Um, so not controversial like the film ones. No, so Squid Game and Succession nominated the drama shows. Ted Lasso nominated the comedy. Juno Temple managed to get in. I did a little whoop when I saw her name read out. And Mary Easton nominated the, dominated the limited series. It was quite a dull TV session. But Ben, you know, I lo- I know you love Mary Easton. I know you love Ted Lasso, right? Oh yeah, I was I was happy the TV got the right picks. Even Squid Game, because you don't love that. Yeah, but I can see it as a massive cultural moment that deserves recognition. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm still laughing at Benedict Cumberbatch's dick, so I'm just going <laughs> to... You get it's way like, more enjoyment out of it than I do. Just because I can see you, Ben, and I can see how you get really awkward about it, and it's great. Yeah, it's... You, you don't know where to look, right? So you start, like, with your I... head, like, going from one side of the room to your other. It's like the, the shrine is all around, and you just don't know where to look. It's quite funny. You just can't, like, stop looking somewhere. Because you don't feel... want to, like, look. Talking about... You don't know. Yeah, it's fuck. It's awkward. It's a very awkward... <laughs> We're sat, like... It's awkward it. talking about someone I've never met. Body. Well, you're mailing your toes to him, <laughs> so you could meet him. Well, unless Kirsten Stewart manages to come back into the Oscar race, which is still possible. In which case, he's only going to get one toe. No, in which case, I'm keeping all ten of my toes. <laughs> well, that's nice. I like my toes. I need them to send to weird, creepy old men over the internet to keep my drinking Man, money. I- You've just called Bendit Cumberbatch creepy. No, he's never (laughs) asked for them. He's never asked for any. (laughs) If he wants the photos, he can hit me (laughs) up. I mean, if people have got this far in the podcast, this is the Article Film Podcast, we do have some serious discussions, but we do always have a laugh, and that is why I love this. Ben, I'm not going to interrupt you now. Final thing to review today, the... Third season, where you think series is should stop. It's the third and final season. Is it? So you're happy about that? 
Yeah, well, Netflix quite famously have the same opinions on I do with TV series, which is just cut them often. They're like, you've done a season, you don't need to. It's really impressive. But maybe they, they do have a tendency, though, of like giving it a few years and then bringing something back. Yeah, they have a tendency of also doing that to shows they didn't make to begin with. Right, uh, yeah. But no, the third season sees Tony, it deepens his relationship. We're, we're talking about Afterlife. I don't know if we actually said what show we're talking about. Yes, Afterlife. It sees Tony continue his relationship with Emma while he's still mourning his ex-wife. He goes around to drinks at Matt, and Brian bumps into a familiar face. Now, grief is a tricky topic to navigate um, successfully, and doing it as a comedy is even harder, and for Ricky Gervais to do it is even more uncomfortable, because that guy's not good at subtlety, and I've never thought this show's worked. And the third season, I think, is entertaining, I think it ran out of things to say and was stalling for a bit. And I also think it's got the problem that Ricky, the, the whole thing, the second season, I, love I, I, I think he was phenomenal. Did he like one of your tweets once? Yes, he did. He, he liked one of my, he liked a review for the show, which was hilarious because the review was really negative. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was like a proper one star review of season two. Um, I well, think he obviously didn't read it. I think oh, he clearly didn't. I think season mm. three is better. Just, I still think the show's lazy though. Like right, because it claims to be set in this small town, but it's clearly set in London. Like it's clearly filmed in London, whereas they're claiming it's set in a small town. And Ricky Gervais does this thing that really annoys me. Well, I he's, thought you loved him. I love him when he's with Stephen Merchant. Right. Um, he's really good at setting up a joke. He'll have like two thirds of the joke there, and then he doesn't know how to satisfyingly finish it. Hey, he's so a he'll great just... award host. Oh, he's a great award host, but he just finishes every single joke in the show with either going "fuck off" or "you're a nonce." Like. <laughs> It does feel like that, and it, like he does these great setups that he wastes because he doesn't can't be asked to to think enough to find the smart finishing end to the joke. Actually, I'm not sure if he can be asked or if he's got that skill because he might genuinely be unable to finish off a joke without saying without going "you're an aunt" or "fuck off." <laughs> but this whole show felt feels like Wait, they do. It feels like they do lots of yeah. But you can't do that for 30 minutes, six episodes. You've got to actually write a joke that doesn't require a rude word. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I'd love it. I'm sure you would. <laughs> but you don't. No, I never have. What would you give this se season uh, out of five? How many stars? Two. But That's not as low as I thought you'd go. But that's with the caveat that I don't even think I could bear to finish free and I watched a single episode and it was less bad than I remembered it. Right. So I feel like maybe I... Maybe Ricky the Rays could get the toes. Also, yeah, maybe I'll send Ricky the toes. Also, I remember being less furious at it because I'd watched the book of Boba Fett and I was like, that is bollocks. Which you loved? 
No, I can't stand it. I think it's a proper what? one star show. I think it's shit. <laughs> I think it's I mean, it's not as good as like it could be better, but like it's still great. I think it's one of the worst TV shows I've ever seen, and I'm not kidding like, on that front. Now you're an aunt. <laughs> Have you watched the three five five yet? No, I've not. I want to watch that. I've um, the trailer looks good. Yeah, I just honestly, I will. I'll wait till it comes out at home, and I can watch it in bed. Yeah, right. Well, we're going to wrap up the podcast there. What we have learned today is that Benedict Cumberbatch still... should expect to parcel in the mail. Yes. So, <laughs> this is Benedict Cumberbatch, if you're listening, you're going to get two of Ben's toes in exchange for a dick pic. <laughs> That's what we're going with. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please do uh, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, um, and you can contact us at RTUFilm on Twitter. We are on emails, benhees101 at gmail.com. Also, if you want to check out the written reviews, all you have to do is search for RTUFilm. It's the first thing that comes up and on Google. And please don't uh, at us fun. if you're a lawyer. Like, please don't. It's all been in jest. <laughs> Don't I come mean, the toad thing, maybe not so much. <laughs> but the shrine, yeah, there's no shrine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like we're stalking him or anything. No, d- don't make this a wee. Don't, you're the one who said I should send my toad. I'm going to go now, and I will see you in the next one. Cheers for listening, lad. Girls, bye. Bye.